Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. Ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You may have seen them running around on the bikes, mopeds, segways, or cars. They at times dress like the police and they act like the police. But the reality is they are not the police. They are private security officers paid for by the community to harass, unhouse, or working class people. They are the bids, business improvement district for short. They are headed by an executive director who oversees the business interest of the community. And I put an emphasis on business interest. Their interest is to raise their property values, to dehumanize the unhoused, to run them off for minor offenses, for example, surviving in a bad situation due to spike inclement weather, or just trying to avoid the harassment of the police. Business owners, owners call them when they're tired of seeing them or they're an eyesore or they run off their customers. You may see them when a individual is panhandling, a customer goes in and complains, they'll call these organizations and they come out. They'll ask them to leave. If they don't leave, they call the police. And the police will eagerly respond because they have been having a one-on-one -on -one connection with them. In Chinatown, that is what the role is here. This unhoused and working class terrorist is George Yu. In our episode today, we're going to discuss at length how Bits came into origins, as well as talk with one of the people that have been trying to dismantle them for some time and expose them for the corrupt organization that they are, Adrian Riskin. Unhoused News. On December 26, 2019, Councilwoman Nuri Martinez will retaliate against the unhoused and against the upheld ruling of Martin versus Boise and sweep unhoused residents out of her area. On December 30, 2017, Echo Park Lake Mitchell Farrell Councilman will be uprooting the unhoused in Echo Park Lake. Rapper Blueface humiliated unhoused residents in Skid Row. 
by tossing money into the air and throwing it at her as watched them as they were fighting as if they were animals. In Atlanta, Georgia, family of seven are unhoused due to a fire on their home and they're living in their van before Christmas. Houston, Texas, police force unhoused residents to throw away food donated to them and blankets, leaving them into the cold and facing hypothermia. Rents are responsible for thousands in Los Angeles County to live in their vehicles, according to KTLA. On December 22nd, an unhoused person couldn't handle being unhoused anymore and she has committed suicide. Rest in peace. On January 18th, 2020 at 3 o'clock in the p.m., the Museum of Social Justice will have a live performance of The Bench. Ticket prices are $20 for general, $10 for students. Redding, California, mayor moves to create a concentration camp for unhoused folk. Due to the holidays, there is a high end of suicides and suicide ideations. So here are some numbers to call if you feel these or you know someone that are experiencing these type of situations. The National Hotline for Suicide Trevor Project call 866-488-7386. Again, 866-488-7386. Or NAMI call 800-950-NAMI. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, you please call 1-800-273-8255-1-800-273-8255. My guest today is Adrian Riskin, a stalwart fixture in the ongoing war of eradicating business improvement district personnel. This individual has been a instrumental tour de force in exposing the corruption in our city government, business improvement district, and police officers and their quest on making unhoused and vulnerable people targeted and uncomfortable. Today in our studio is with Adrian Riskin. He has been working with the exposure since I believe 2014. Without further ado, let me welcome you and let him take over the helm. Welcome, Adrian. Oh, hi. Well, thanks for having me. I wanted to just give, uh, I kind of gave you a little bit of a, a snapshot of what your experiences was. Can you tell us a little bit more about how did you get involved? Yeah, it was, it was very random. I was living in Hollywood in 2014, and I had no idea what a business improvement district was. But I saw these two guys who looked like cops on bicycles wearing green t-shirts, um, just hassling this homeless man who was obviously... He was obviously um, mentally ill. He was muttering to himself and they were screaming at him. And it was, I stopped to, to record the whole thing and they ended up calling in a false police report on him. And it just upset me so much that they had somehow, uh, these two guys in green shirts had a direct line to the LAPD and they were willing to call them up and say the guy had made criminal threats against them when obviously 
he didn't. So I started looking into to matters, and, and it just um, what I learned was so incredible. I felt like I had to publicize it, and uh, that's how it all got started. Do you think that this is a common occurrence that the business improvement districts does this kind of thing? Yeah, this happens every day, hundreds of times around the city. Every business improvement district that has a security force, they don't all have them, but the ones that do, this is what they do. They, they ride around in their bikes or in their cars, and they, they hassle unhoused people. Um, the goal seems to be to get them to move somewhere else, okay? And and uh, the city of Los Angeles can't do that because it's too big. You, you know, you can move people around in the city, but they're still in the city. But business improvement districts are small, and they win if they can move people four blocks over. And uh, yeah, it happens all the time. Have you had any experience of uh, this kind of occurrence have you seen any business improvement district employees here in Chinatown, or have you had any interactions with them? Um, I haven't spent much time in Chinatown watching uh, on the streets what happens with them. I see them around when I'm here, um, so not really. I mean, my experiences, direct experiences, are mostly in Hollywood and downtown, and uh, to some extent in Venice. Um, but I, I've read a lot of emails about the business improvement district security in Chinatown and, and other things, conversations with the police concerning them and the city attorney's office. So I have that kind of experience. Can you let the audience in on what kind of tone or what kind of conversation is, is it a, usually a positive thing with the police about the bids or are people complaining about them here or? Well, no, the, the police and the bids um, get along super well. It's the same with the bids and, and any part of the city government. Um, the bids are basically like a, a privatized arm of the city government. They carry out city policies. They get this kind of um, unbelievable cooperation uh, with, with the police and with other parts of the city government. So, so they're all super. It's a one big happy family there. So they're guilty by association. My mom used to say, birds of a feather flock together. So if they are engaging in these kind of activities like you stated that you've seen in 2014, so the police in itself is okay with these kind of things, it seems to me. Do you think? Yeah, no, they're they're more than okay with it. It's like they actively encourage it, okay? You got to think about what would happen if you or I called in a false police report. I mean, there would be, we would get in trouble, okay? It's like, uh, meanwhile, nothing happened to these two guys. The business improvement district wouldn't even listen to my complaint about them, let alone the police. And uh, I've tried over the years to complain to the city and to the police about about bids. And I just get, it's like they tell me, the best they tell me is there's nothing they can do. And the worst is they tell me that uh, they're happy with what they're doing. I experienced that same thing too. I talked to one of the higher ends up, uh, the senior lead officers that has no intention of trying to remove the bids here in Chinatown. In fact, it was your reporting skills have shown that the Business Improvement District here in Chinatown has just been awarded $24,900 by Gil Cedillo. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So the city has this fund um, of public money that they use to help business improvement districts pay for their renewal process, which they have to do every few years, and it's pretty expensive. So I read the city motions every day that they come out, and I saw uh, earlier this week that Cedillo had moved to to pay George Yu of the Chinatown bid. It was about 25000 I don't remember the exact number, to pay for his renewal. So, you know, I, I emailed Cedillo's office, and I know one of his uh, staffers pretty well through public records requests, and I said, you know, look, I'm suing uh, this bid for, for violating 
the Public Records Act, he's going to have to pay my lawyers about $50,000 at this point. And I don't think it's reasonable for you to give him $25,000 in tax money to help him cover this this uh, renewal when he's just wasting money on purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wrote back to me and said, like, they weren't going to stop it. OK, they, they need the bid in Chinatown, they told me. So what is their rationale for why they're needing the bid? Because I have, as you, as most of the listeners know, I've been targeted by George U on multiple occasions and they have been harassed. And my first experience with George U was when he was uh, with a large pipe on actually two separate occasions and a large dog uh, hassling a unhoused person at Alpine Recreation Center, which is a public park. But he has eyes, he has uh, his tentacles and they're trying to privatize a public park. Why do you think that they won't do anything? Well, okay, I, I've tried over the years to get somebody from the city to tell me why they need bids so badly, and they just won't comment on it. Um, so you have to look at how they use the bids if you want to see what it is that they need them for. And uh, what they use them for seems to be to... Uh, direct security forces towards unhoused people and other vulnerable people in a way that the city's not allowed to do. That's one thing that happens a lot. Um, Another thing is that they use business improvement districts to create an impression of public support for policies that they're trying to enact. I've seen this. uh, I don't know particularly that George... Oh, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. All right, George Yu um, has been involved in trying to regulate street vendors, and um, the city was forced by state law to allow street vending and they didn't like it. So they're working hard to regulate it very carefully. And George Yu has been instrumental in creating a showing of public support for those efforts. Those are two of the main things. Oh, and also there's fundraising, okay? The people who are in bids are rich developers. They give donations and the bids help organize that process. Those are some of the main things that the city gets out of its business. Recently, the bid has had a hand. I remember attending a couple of the improvement meetings in response to the uh, whisper campaign against me. And I do remember that they had made a vociferous outcry against a neighborhood store for a working class and struggling Chinatown residents, Iowa, is closing next month. And they were excited about that. They were okay with a developer, a gentrifier, or I call him colonizer, that has come in by the name of Tom Gilmore to uh, displace and build to some luxury hotel where people here, their medium income does not match the level of uh, finances that they're going to have to built this monstrosity in a, a working-class neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. I forgot to mention it. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, gentrification is one of the the big things that the city and the bids work together on because um, if they can increase the value of the commercial property in a the neighborhood, then the developers get richer, they give more money to the politicians, the taxes go up, everybody in that kind of circle wins at the expense of the people who actually live in the neighborhoods. And... Um, you know, part of gentrification is is making an area comfortable for the new people that move into the expensive uh, new apartments. And the way that they do that, this is, happens all over the city in Chinatown um, and everywhere else I've looked, is uh, the business improvement districts help promote the right kind of businesses and they help drive out the wrong kind of businesses. And then uh, you see it in Highland Park too, and as well as Chinatown. So this is a big function that bids in the city work together on to uh, as part of the process of gentrification. I suspect that George Yu's reluctance to open up his uh, public records, it kind of insinuates that he may have done some unsavory or illegal things because 
uh, when he made his spurious accusations of me, I had nothing to hide. So they went to tooth and nail to find things from three years ago and things of that. So it's a logical conclusion if he's trying to fight you to show what his records are. Do you think that he perhaps has something interesting there that might not put him in a flattering light? Yeah, I have no doubt that there's uh, plenty of interesting stuff that will not put George Yu in a flattering light. I mean, the guy is really unhinged. You can see his performances at uh, his public meetings. He acts like a lunatic. So if he thinks that people aren't watching, I can't imagine he's going to act more sane in private. I've actually, I've heard him admit in public meetings to breaking the law. That is, uh, business improvement districts are not allowed to operate outside their boundaries. They're not allowed to spend money outside their boundaries. But he does, and he admits it openly and also uh, you, you've been to the meetings you've seen how they never discuss anything substantial so however that bid is being run they're not talking about it at the meeting which means that they're talking about it in secret somehow because somebody has to talk about it you can't run something like that with that big a budget without some discussions and under California law it's illegal to have those discussions in private okay so I'm sure that's one of the things that we're gonna see in those emails as well as like plenty of other just ugly ugly stuff I agree. One of the major concerns I became concerned as an unhoused individual is that bid has taken the point to be like vigilantes or police officers. They would deliberately come to the public park dictating what people could do and can't be and run them out. And it got to such a point that the director had got annoyed with that kind of thing because she was getting the blame. And so I understand that that has been a major tussle. I don't know what the outcome is going to be of that. But Uh, What are your thoughts on a private institute? Because Business Improvement District in Chinatown is run by Allied Universal, which was a company that was merged recently. Do you think the security companies are in cahoots with this as well? Well, you know, they must be because they're making a ton of money off of it. For instance, in uh, I, I, I don't know the details in Chinatown because George Yu won't uh, won't release the budget. But in in Hollywood, they're making a million and a half bucks a year. That's one contract with one bid, and uh, so yeah, there's so much money in it that the security companies themselves are definitely behind it. Now, I don't know if they care about the issues, but they sure care about the money. Let's take a step back. As an unhoused person, what specific roadblocks to watch for for dealing with beats in Chinatown? You know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't. I don't know uh, how to. I don't know what kind of advice I can give you about that. But um, I would say, like, don't back down. Okay, you have like a lot of rights in this country. You can use them if you insist on them. But as far as specifics go, I just don't know. What can concerned citizens and community members do to stop bids, LAPD, and city council relationships? You know, it's not easy, but it's not impossible. I would say go to meetings. The meetings are public. Film them and put them on YouTube. Write about them. Write letters. Write a blog. Write on Twitter or social media. Just expose what these people do. They really, really can't stand to be exposed. They're used to operating in secret. They're used to working just with the city uh, where they get this kind of approval. They can't stand criticism and they will dial back their behavior if they think they're being watched. That's my best advice. As an unhoused person, I can say that there has been some of my uh, intent too when I figured the pitch of the harassment couldn't, I couldn't stand it anymore. So could unhoused people do the same thing? I believe so. I mean, it's hard when you're unhoused, your first concerns are like 
you know, survival and all kinds of other things. But uh, if you have time and you have access to the internet or other other means of communication, then yeah, you're out there on the street. You can see what's happening every every day and, and uh, make a record and, and tell people about it. How does Business Improvement District contribute to the in-house vigilantism of the house people? Um, before I give the mic back to you, for our audience that are not aware, there has been a recent uptick of vigilantism with unhoused people. And that includes uh, fire bombs, their tents, people throwing dog feces. There was a picture on Facebook where a individual was in a crouching sniper position with a BB gun shooting pellets at uh, unhoused people. There's one where an unhoused person was burned alive and a person was recording it. And the city of Chamber of Commerce son has been charged with murder of an unhoused person. I have my own stories of how they increased vigilantism because because of the challenges and the uh, salacious things that it was surrounding me, how I can speak from my experience, I've had five death threats. And that's in response to their behavior and the narrative that's been pushed by house community members. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I see at Business Improvement District meetings and when Business Improvement Districts send people to comment at, in City Hall, um, they push this narrative that unhoused people are crazy, that they're dangerous, that they're subhuman, that they're addicted to drugs, that they're committing crimes. They're just, you know, you know the kind of rhetoric and Business Improvement Districts are right in the middle of that. You know, I don't, I don't know of any instances where they're personally implicated in actual vigilante actions, but by creating that kind of atmosphere, by pushing that kind of rhetoric, by giving it a respectable face, uh, they're, they're helping promote an atmosphere where people can carry out those kind of acts. It's like nobody pulls out a gun and aims it at homeless people on the street unless they've heard a lot of stuff in the air on the internet about how that's okay and how those people deserve it or whatever it is they're hearing. So... That's how they're implicated. That is uh, also a very good point because there's a senior lead officer, Sean Denise, is uh, a person that has joined a vigilante group along with other officers. And I'm not surprised if there is any senior lead officers in Chinatown that's joined because one of your letters showed that senior lead officer Elizabeth Ortega was directing officers to come hunt me down at the park to uh, arrest me or cite me um, for just for just trying to survive. So what they are doing is that if you go onto those sites, you can see his express approval of them throwing ice at uh, unhoused people, people using car horns, or yelling at them or recording them when they're in a vulnerable state and showing or trying to justify or dehumanize them. Is there anything you want to add on that? Well, you know, that's a terrible situation with Sean Dince or Dincey in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of any connection with business improvement districts, but that's exactly the kind of atmosphere I'm talking about. This guy is a police officer. He promotes this pernicious distinction between the real homeless and the transients, which I don't know where they got this from. He blames all of homelessness on on mental illness, on drug addiction, on uh, all kinds of things that make it seem okay for his audience to uh, carry out their their violence, both verbal violence and in many cases over their um, actual physical violence. I had a, a an audience member's request, so I'm going to honor it and ask uh, Adrian this. What was the craziest thing that you've heard in bit meetings? Well, you know, okay, crazy. I can tell funny stories. Like I was in a bid in uh, Studio City, okay, and I was pushing them pretty hard about their meetings um, being 
illegal in certain ways. And I, I went over there and I started filming them. And one of the board members wasn't prepared. And he said, why is this guy filming? Uh, and then he got so angry uh, that he just stood up and walked out. Like he left the meeting. I mean, that, that kind of thing happens fairly regularly. But listen, the true craziest thing is actually not funny at all. All right. It is uh, crazy in the sense that it's completely insane. This happened in 2015 when um, a Hollywood business improvement district was in the process of trying to close down hip-hop clubs on Hollywood boulevards. I don't know if you remember, but in the first decade of the 21st century, there were a lot of hip-hop clubs. You'd go out to Hollywood Boulevard on Friday or Saturday night, just be full of kids coming from all over the city to dance, whatever. And that business improvement district hated it, okay? And they hated it because these kids were not white, mm -hmm. all right? And that made them scary. And for a while, they'd get together every month and they'd walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard, these business improvement district people, and they'd film these kids. And then they'd go back to their meetings and complain about how terrified they were um, by these kids out there having a good time. So, uh, after one of these these expeditions that they did, they called them midnight walks. I was at their meeting, and I got this on film. They sat there and talked about how they had black and brown kids on Hollywood Boulevard, how it was out of control, how they needed more police, they needed to shut them down. The specific reasons that they gave, oh, they were poor. They said they're not rich people, and they're, they're black and brown people, and they're from the valley, too, as if... That was an extra bad thing. And that was the start of a campaign to actually get the, that involved the LAPD to get their, the liquor licenses of these clubs pulled. And uh, that was crazy to me because like, first of all, that was a beautiful scene on Hollywood Boulevard. I, I was living in the area at the time. I always loved it when I was walking through there. It was a bunch of kids having a good time. Anybody who can't see that shouldn't have any kind of power over social institutions. And uh, for the next two years, that business improvement district worked with the LAPD to to uh, get all their liquor licenses taken away. If you go down Hollywood Boulevard now, those clubs are all gone, every one of them. And uh, instead, you got a bunch of clubs on Coenga, uh, which are open date. They cause crowds, but the kids are all white and they're all rich and everybody's happy with it. So there it is again. We have a definitely a shift where gentrification brings in a certain type of ideals, particularly white supremacy and white idea of white acceptance and black and brown denial. As your host, I can speak for firsthand how abusive business improvement district employees are. In Chinatown, they are headed by executive director George Yu. George Yu is a Chinese mafia tongue and a working class and unhoused terrorist. He has been known on by uh, newspapers such as Steve Lopez and other newspapers as the sheriff of Chinatown. And other Chinese people that doesn't know his true nature considers him the mayor uh, or sheriff of Chinatown. And so it was in that vein that he has taken running Chinatown in an iron fist. Upon learning some of the records that I've gleaned from his correspondence with city officials and police officers, he has stated to one of the neighborhood prosecutors that one of the uh, many of the in-house or in his eyes criminals are not Chinese. Thus uh, has the tinge of anti-black sentiment along with his obsessive controlling of Chinatown and the unhoused population. He has been known and I have been 
and it can be verified by even my own opponent, have taken the time to take 30 minutes to speak about my unhoused condition and where I basically stay at during the day. I stay, for the most part, in a public park. A public park that I have the civil rights, uh, just like anyone that is housed or unhoused. In his mind, it should be run like a business. He wants to be the supervisor and dictate who should be there. I can enumerate many instances where he has contacted Captain Harrelson, uh, Steve Nichols, Senior Lead Officer, and Senior Lead Officer Elizabeth Ortega, writing numerous missives about me being in a park, my interaction with the community members, the children, the grandparents, and always it, with the ever in mind to paint a sinister is issue, a sinister picture about who I am. In fact, there was a major campaign to have me removed in bed with this kind of abusive behavior was the neighborhood prosecutor, the police officers, the lead officers of the Chinatown area, who has gone on and stated that I should have a background check when I interact with the children in the park. Now, mind you, no other individual has background checks in the park. Strangers or cousins or whatever, they don't go through that. But as an unhoused man that interacts with the kids, teaches them martial arts, tutors, and knows them since they were uh, young and know the grandparents, I am considered a sinister force or a, as he says, borderline child abuser. So in order for you to make the effort much more widespread and to pass on this campaign, what he has done, he's enlisted a park employee who I now have a cease and desist letter on, and he's insist he has enlisted his friend, Captain Albert Torres, who's now deceased, and now he also has enlisted the support of the principal of a school. This was done by the behest or behind the scenes by the Captain Steve Nichols. Steve Nichols has been running around telling if one of my friends who didn't know that I was a child amuser. And he didn't know that I was uh, aware of his handiwork as well as the Business Improvement District employee, William Martinez, going to another parent who came up to me and was informing me that they were trying to go around to paint the pictures that I was a child abuser and not to interact with me to elicit unhoused vigilantism and a public outcry that would have me removed. The Business Improvement District employees used to come to the park incessantly. They would come, and particularly around 1030, and if I was still there, they would run and run me out. If I didn't move fast enough or I it did not comply with their security officer uh, uh, authoritative manner, they called the police. Now, remember, the police and the Business Improvement District, they are full aware of the situation. They're in tandem with each other. They play the role like they, they have no idea. But I have learned from a letter that Captain, not Captain, Senior Lead Officer Elizabeth Ortega sent out to George Youth that she has instructed her evening officers to troll the park for me. And if he finds me, they will arrest me or cite me. Lead uh, Mike Flanagan has also corroborated that. They've stated that they were looking for me in the park. Now, I tell you, why is a individual that is supposedly a business owner so obsessed with unhoused people that he has to have that much power and control and wants to emit that kind of control over unhoused people?
Why is it that business owners in the community sit for 30 minutes talking about unhoused people, looking at pictures in various when they're trying to sleep or if they're in the grip of their addiction to paint up and gen up fear among the populace in the community after they've used them? Then they will take their businesses and their homes and high, high rents and run them out. But in the meantime, what is he doing is using his cultural connection with them because he's Chinese, Taiwanese. In fact, his parent father, I believe, was a general or an army official. And he has taken that trait with this disdain for Americanism. He has stated in his, in his meetings, he doesn't have a forgiving nature. He doesn't have kindness. He just sees money and he sees that the working class in his area, in his town, are a blight, a eyesore. And no so many words, he has gotten together and tried to run out the neighborhood store and aided Tom Gilmore in running out the working class buyers of in Iowa. That is a store that is for their whole community. He's also in working with the enforcement to getting street vendors who is trying to survive to run them out of the neighborhood. He is Chinatown's terrorist with the suit. He is also in the part of the cabal with the Los Angeles police. The prosecutors, Captain Harrelson, is part of this as well. They meet downtown to conspire and how can they use new tactics, new ways to harass the unhoused. In fact, the last business improvement district meeting, Tia Strozer, neighborhood prosecutor, was there trying to console the business owners in their attempt to try to run out unhoused people. So this is a widespread thing. And I want to thank our guest again, uh, Adrian Riskin. He's uh, from a very busy man. And I want to thank our listeners for listening in. If you have any questions, you can go on his blog. He has Michael Kokos. He has a very, very extensive list of different misdeeds that these entities have. I want to thank all of you again for listening. And may we again meet in the light of understanding. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, my 
Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.